Hello, my name is David Thompson from the Fraser Valley in British Columbia with a message to those that are hungry and thirsty for reality, for ultimate meaning and destiny. And I want to refer all of you that are new, that may be from many different backgrounds of beliefs such as philosophical religions such as Buddhism or an atheist or whatever your background. Check out my website at ultimatemeaning.com. There, there is a flip book with very original writing by the gifting of the Spirit of God through me. And highlighted in red print are links to many profound and amazing YouTube videos from many fields of science and archaeology confirming the reality of what I'm sharing here about the one true eternal God who is the ultimate manifestation and perfection of love. This message is for those that have come to the saving knowledge of the one true eternal God through Jesus Christ, to the churches gathered throughout the world around Jesus Christ, especially in the United States and in Canada where I live here, in the United States, it's the epicenter of this crisis that has affected the whole world. Their election was stolen. And today is August the 20th of 2022 on Saturday. And there is a very special conference on frankspeech.com called The Summit of Truth. You'll be able to watch the recording later. It's going to be going on for two days and 24 hours. They say it is the most important and historical event in the United States as far as exposing what is going on that is so serious in the whole world. And this is a time of great crisis and I'm not going to be here to getting into that very much. I want to explain to you that I am here to speak what the Spirit of God is saying to the churches. I am here to speak as the oracles of God, as it says in 1 Peter 4.11, If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. We are to seek to allow God to speak through us by the gifts of the Spirit of God in us. And how does that happen? This is explained in Revelations 19.10, where we read, Worship God for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Prophecy issues out of worship, or speaking as the oracles of God, issues out of worship. When we worship God in spirit and in truth, in great reverence and humility out of deep love for God, we are filled with his spirit in an overflow beyond ourselves that can result in creative utterances beyond ourselves. So you'll find yourself, and I was in a congregation where they allowed us to move in the gifts of the spirit. And you'll be uh, maybe worshiping us or just waiting on God as a congregation. And then you feel the spirit of God rising up in you and you can feel it coming into your mouth and you don't know what you're going to say, but you sent you to sing a song. You sing it out, and amazingly, there's all these words that come together into a beautiful poem, just spontaneously by the Spirit of God. Or you 
feel that rising in you and a word comes out or a prayer comes out or a testimony comes out or a word of exhortation, but you sense it's coming beyond yourself in the flow of the Spirit of God out of the worship that you've been in. Even Elijah in second, I forgot exactly where it is in Kings right now, called for a minstrel to play before him before he gave a prophetic word to the two kings that were in great concern over an army about to annihilate them. And God gave Elijah, after he called for a minstrel to play and he worshiped, came out of that worship, the spirit of prophecy to those two kings. One of the things I do to facilitate this is I cast lots to get the possibility of any chapter from the Bible and I do this with two independent applications to get two chapters that will bear witness with each other as to the theme. And then I meditate for a half an hour on those two chapters and then usually immediately thereafter preach or after I've had a nap. So I want to share the two chapters I've received today. And I also seek to find a hymn often by the casting of lot. This time it's more just me searching and somehow in God's providence stumbling across a hymn. And these are always hymns that I don't know from a hymn book of 1,080 hymns throughout church history and other sources. Uh, and in that hymn book, which is by Living Stream Ministry, wonderful hymn book, there are also many hymns from the persecuted underground church in China that was under the work of Watchman Nee, who was martyred in 1972. So first of all, we're going to worship together with a hymn, and then I will share what God is saying by his spirit to you as an individual and to the body of Christ at this particular time. So here's the hymn, first of all. Thank you. 
of a relationship with our Creator, our author and finisher of faith that is unshakable when everything around us in our personal life is shaken and in the world is shaking as never before, possibly. That is your experience. And I want to share with you today the two chapters I received by the casting of Lot and out of a heart set and a mindset of worship, I will seek to speak as the oracles of God, what God is saying by his spirit. And so today I received 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and Genesis 40. And there is a common theme between both of these chapters because both of these chapters are about trials enduring trials to break through. And so, first of all, I want to read from 2 Corinthians chapter 1. So I'm going to turn there. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, unto the church of God, which is at Corinth, with all the saints which are in all Achaia, Grace be to you in peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforteth us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to 
Comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation aboundeth by Christ. And whether we be afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation, which is effectual in the enduring of the same sufferings which we also suffer. Or whether we be comforted, it is for your consolation and salvation. And our hope of you is steadfast, knowing that as ye are partakers of the sufferings, so shall ye also be of the consolation. For we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble which came to us in Asia, that we were pressed out of measure above strength insomuch that we despaired even of life. But we had the sentence of death on ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God that raiseth the dead, who delivered us from so great a death, and doth deliver, in whom we trust that he will yet deliver us. And this particular, these two, two verses here, verse 9 and 10, reveal that when God puts us in trials and we know a relationship with him, out of that relationship with him comes forth his creative purposes that are formed in our lives. And of course, this is very evident throughout the whole of the word of God. Time and time again, it's the case with all the patriarchs. You, you don't see any that did not go through great trials of testing, where the odds seemed impossible in the natural. For example, Joseph, sold by his own brothers as a slave. First of all, they were wanting to kill him. They were so jealous of him. And then they sell him. Can you imagine the pain of thinking that his brothers had some love and respect for him and finding out it was the opposite, it must have been crushing. So crushing to him. And so we read concerning Joseph in Psalms 105, verse 18 to 19, whose feet they hurt with fetters. He was laid in iron until the time that his word came the word of the Lord tried him. Until the time that his word came, the word of the Lord tried him. There's a time that comes in our lives when we're enduring trials that God visits us with his word, with his son, Jesus Christ, the full expression of the Father. Of course, the word son means expression. So does the word word mean expression. The full expression of the Father is Jesus Christ, as described in Hebrews 1.3. It says there he is the full expression of the Father. And he comes to his creation in Jesus Christ. And he came to Joseph. But in the meantime, this word that is perfect in quality of being, 
He is the ultimate perfection and manifestation of love. This word is trying. As it mentions in 2 Peter, your faith, though it be tried with fire as precious gold that's being smelted, God's desire is to see out of that a faith that is unconditional in him. What happens when the gold is put through the fire? Is that the dross comes to the surface. And when we are put through the pressure of trials, there are things that come out of us where we throw a temper tantrum and we say this and that, and then we feel so condemned. We never even knew that such terrible attitudes were in us towards God and towards others. And so in our condemnation, our heart condemns us, and we cry out and say, God, be merciful to me, a sinner, and forgive me for these things in my life. And we abhor that that was in us, and so we are changed, so that those things are no longer in us because we've asked Christ to cleanse us from those things. Of course, the enemy comes along, and he doesn't want us to believe in the mercy of God to forgive and that we deserve forgiveness. And so our own heart condemns us, and the enemy augments that and says, see, that's who you are. You're the dross. And if we believe that, then we identify with who we should not be. But God's purpose is that this word, which allows the fire, is refining. It says the word of God is, is silver refined seven times. And for us to have the word of God refined to perfection and purity in us, then allows God to be able to speak out of us words that are truly coming in purity from God. There are many nowadays that are so quick to call themselves prophets, and they say things that are presumptuous and out of their own spirit in some measure. Because they have not been fully purified. They have not been willing to wait until it's God's timing, and God comes and says, I have called you a prophet, or I've called you to do this or that. Let us not be those that become false prophets by not waiting until it's God's time. God is calling us as his people to know a relationship with him like Paul the Apostle experienced here in Corinthians, where the trials that he was going through were so great that they really didn't want to live. It was just too beyond themselves. But it was cornering them to a trust in God that would know the power of his resurrection in unspeakable, impossible circumstances that through that faith, moral persuasion that's unconditional in God through those circumstances would break through with deliverance. Yes, even resurrection from the dead. And Paul one time was stoned. And after he was stoned, all the disciples were standing around him and he came to life and went back in the city to proclaim the gospel, the very city that stoned him. And he experienced being caught up into heaven and seeing and hearing things that he was not allowed to share. Nowadays, we have many people through modern technology of equipment and doctors that come back to life after some of them have been dead for almost two hours. And there's been many genuine Christians, and I'm writing a book on this. 
and Paul experienced that. And these Christians have experienced entering heaven. God knew they would come back, and I can't get into all of that. But God wants us to come into a place where we can rest and trust in him when our circumstances look impossible. And then he makes a way where there is no way. He makes a way through the Red Sea. The waters part when it's impossible. God is calling us as his people in this hour to be those that take comfort in our trials. Yes, and we need to learn the consolation of God's presence because in that consolation, there is a great communion and fellowship. It's through the fellowship of his sufferings. Paul said that I might know him and the fellowship of his sufferings. Brothers and sisters, the whole world suffers. Yes, there are those that sell themselves out to the devil and they don't suffer and they got everything they want. But in the end, everyone suffers when you die, whatever. But when we suffer, we gain eternal everlasting value in relationship, in our relationship with God. Are we going to be those that choose to buy of the Lord the gold tried in the fire and say, I love my master, I love my Lord, I will not go free. I choose, right now, I choose to pray sincerely, God, I choose to let you try me and test me and judge me now that I might be totally what you have called me to be rather than holding on to this and that and saying, God, I'll follow you, but I want this in my life and I want that, so I, I'll, I'll still reverence you, I'll still worship you, but I, I want this, I, I'm going to hold on to this, I'm going to hold on to that. Now, God is calling his people to a place of total relinquishment when we recognize how much he loves us to the point that he humbled himself more than you, a mere creature, and suffered more than you, a mere creature, on the cross so that you could have eternal life. How can you do anything but want to fall deeply in love with him? But the mesmerizing things of this world can choke the seed of life, the love of riches, and many other things. God is calling us to be those who have a heart that is not allowed to be hardened by the loves of the world, so that we become insular and we can are no longer receptive to or sensitive to the Spirit of God. He's calling the church to wake up in this hour and come forth and be his conquering bride church in you as an individual to come forth and settle for nothing less than the full abundant life God wants to give you, which is far more than you holding on to these little things here and there that are robbing you of a life. Even in this world that is abundant, not in the sense of having everything you want, but in the sense that in the midst of trials, you can know an inner freedom and an, and an inner fellowship that is transcendent over those things, that brings an abundance of peace and joy. I finished reading the book by Brother Young recently, The Heavenly Man. And he says that he'd rather be in the prison 
where he felt the freedom inside of him and the deep fellowship of God's sufferings and the river of life flowing out of him with the other prisoners that he had such camaraderie with. And they were tortured severely. He fasted and went on a fast without any liquid or food for 74 days, which is impossible. And during that time, they tortured him terribly with electric batons that made it feel like a thousand arrows were piercing through his heart when they would torture him with those electric sticks or whatever they call them. They threw him in the sewerage of all the stuff that was from the man he was with. They did terrible things to him during that time when he didn't. And somehow when he was on the verge of dying and the prisoners was about to vote on whether, and, and you know, there was gambling as to whether he would die before the morning or not. Then suddenly he gets up in real strength and power and preaches to them and they fall on their faces and they know this is God. And they get converted, deeply converted, many, many prisoners all over. And they become deeply in love with Jesus just like him. And so that's an example. Now in our own strength, we could never go through that. What we do is we bring our weaknesses to God in the time of trial. It says we're to come boldly to the throne of grace. Not to shrink back and say, God, I could never go through that. No, you couldn't. And you need to acknowledge that weakness. But Lord, I am willing to trust you and believe you for whatever you allow me to go through, that you can bring breakthrough, that you can cause me to endure what I could never endure because I know you have a creative purpose in my life, just like you did with Job. That's why God emphasized and visited him in that whirlwind and over and over again showed him his creativity, how he created the worlds and created these amazing creatures and so on. That's why it says in Peter to the early church that was being addressed in their time of tribulation and suffering, it says there to them that suffer, to commit the keeping of their soul unto him as unto what? A faithful creator, someone that's faithful to be creative and what he's allowing in our lives to form us and conform us to his image for eternity. So God is calling you as an individual and he's calling the body of Christ today to wake up and to be willing to arm yourself with a mind to suffer as it says in the word of God for the sake of Christ. Knowing that we will know an unconditional love relationship with God, we will come to a place where we won't throw the temper trantums like we used to, or like a horse that's bucking the rider. We will no longer be that way. We will be broken in and brought to that place where we can be lifted up like Joseph was lifted up. Until his word came, the word of the Lord tried him. Yes, he was bound in fetters. Yes, he experienced the crushing of being persecuted by his brethren. And later on, God gave him the grace to forgive them and to embrace them with tears as he revealed himself to them as his brother. And in the last days, God will reveal himself to Israel. And it says there in Zechariah 12, and they shall look on me, that's speaking of God, whom they have pierced. That is when Israel's military might is broken after two days of holding back these powerful armies from around the world. 
but in Jerusalem. Somehow the enemy can't hurt them. And the Lord returns and he stands on the Mount of Olives and there's an earthquake fault in the Mount of Olives they know of. And it splits in half. That's what it says in the word of God. And there is Jesus. And they're looking on him whom they have pierced. They just went through a great trial where their military might was broken. And God allows trials in our lives to break our own self-sufficiency so that we would not trust in ourselves, but in God that raises the dead so that we might know the power of his resurrection in our lives. And he's calling his church to wake up and to come to know the embracing of suffering and trials, not to shrink from it, but to know that you can have abundance of life no matter what your circumstances are and that in the end you will have breakthrough. He's not going to leave you forever in the crucible of pain and suffering. He has a purpose and he's calling forth the church. And I just want to say in closing here, I'm going through a very great trial now, the worst trial financially in my whole life. Somehow I'm just hanging on by a thread right now until my next checks come through. I had my car break down. That cost $1,008. And then the same month they told me they had reduced my guaranteed income for seniors by $638. I, you know, and then no one wanted to help me. Although I didn't ask many, I did ask my own family. Well, I did get myself in debt with credit cards. That was trying to do business, but then I would want to pray and spend a lot more time doing that. And I kind of shouldn't have, I should, you know, you, you got to do one or the other. I should have just dropped the other and not allowed myself to try to do business. I was trying to get resources because I wanted to do God's work. My motive was pure, but I was unwise. But here I find myself. So you can support me by buying my book on Amazon called God, Headship, and Body Invasion, which shares everything that you can do in your congregation so that you do not limit the fullness of the headship of Jesus Christ from inhabiting your local assembly. So that you conquer your community, your city, your nation. Because the presence of God comes into your midst in a fullness and a glory that breaks the darkness over your region. Remember in the Welsh revival, the presence of God invaded the whole area. Because people were praying and seeking him. Because the house of God was a house of prayer and holiness that allowed for the presence of God to come down. And he wants to do it in your your community, and in your life as an individual. You need to embrace a life of prayer, of seeking God, not out of religious duty, not some inflexible obligation. No, out of a hunger and a desire. Don't let your hunger be quenched by the loves of the world. He pours water on him who is thirsty and floods upon the dry ground. So God bless you and thank you for listening to this message. Pray for me, and you can also support me by donations on my website at loverealized.com if you feel so led by the Spirit of God. And I'm not a nonprofit organization. Maybe I will be in the near future. I'm even thinking of going on the radio because I feel like no one's hardly listening to my message. And it's so important. We need to come together. We need to wake up, church. We're in a time that's serious. 
And the most important thing we can do is turn back to God and become his conquering bride church to save and spare our nation that it might be a nation of righteousness. Thank you for listening to this message. God bless you all.